0: Hello, welcome back to Surrey Voices, the broadcast from Surrey Choices. Surrey Choices is an organisation in Surrey which supports people with learning disabilities, special educational and support needs and more. I am your host, Matthew Swinban. March the 26th was Purple Day, so what better time or focus? On Epilepsy, what is it? What medical help is available? What cases, seizures, and what you should do? When someone has one, well, here's a hint. Calm, cushion, cool and one more question why purple well stick with us because today we find out first calendar is going to talk to max an advice and information officer from the charity epilepsy action they support people Affected by epilepsy. So, Karinda is going to find out how we can help too. And why purple? Then we hear from Nick, who has epilepsy. He talks about growing up with epilepsy, recovering from seizures, and how it affects other. Parts of life. Finally, David talks to Nathan Draper, policy and public affairs manager from the Epilepsy Society. He tells us about the research and the campaigns they've worked on, and what to do if someone is having a Procedure. Here's a clue. Calm, cushion, cool. Over to you, Corinda.
1: Hello, and welcome. My name is Corinda, and we are you, Mike. Welcome, Mike.
2: Hi there, Corinda. It's lovely to be here, lovely to join you, and um, I'm here for my epilepsy action today. So the first
1: question is, what is Purple
3: Day and why people? I'll just repeat it, just in case other listeners might not hear Corinda as well. Um, That's uh, what is Purple Day and why Purple?
2: So Purple Day, it's the biggest international fundraising and awareness day for people with epilepsy right across the world. It's been going since 2008, and there is a little bit of history to it. So it was started by an eight-year-old in Canada called Cassidy Megan. And she was a young girl with epilepsy. And the reason she wanted to raise awareness, really, was so that she could um, help people to realise that they weren't alone with epilepsy. So she started Purple Day. And the color purple was chosen because that's the color of the flower lavender, which is the flower that's recognized as the flower for epilepsy internationally.
1: So, yeah, our
2: mission is to, well, as many people with epilepsy and friends and family with epilepsy and, and get the message out um, so people learn and understand more about epilepsy so we have some different services so we have the helpline which is where I work and we also have support groups we have online support groups and we have face-to-face support groups we have online services so people can chat online. And we've just started a new befriending service where people can link up with a volunteer by telephone to um, talk and either work through sort of some things that they want to talk about their epilepsy about. Or if they've got a child with epilepsy, for somebody to help them navigate through some of the things they might have to think about. And we campaign as well. So we've got a campaigns team. And they work with people like MPs, with the Departments of Health and Social Care. And their aim is to try and and break down barriers and make sure that people understand more about epilepsy. So things like employment, um, benefits, (laughs) always a big one. Um, So that's another thing that we can do. And at the moment, somebody from Epilepsy Action is involved with the Step Together project, which is about helping NHS departments um, provide the best support that they can for people with epilepsy and a learning disability. So there's a few different things that we, 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 we're we involved with at Epilepsy Action. I'm oh, really higher, Epilepsy Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Epilepsy. So some of the things I'm saying, you can understand... Yeah, and relate to. Mm. So, what is
3: um,
1: epileptic seizure? What should we do if someone has
3: one? So okay. What are epileptic seizures, and what should we do if someone has one?
2: Okay, so yeah, uh, epileptic seizures. It's 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 quite complex, isn't it? So. So we've got electricity that is happening in our brains all the time. Mm. And it's the way that the cells in our brains send messages to each other. So whether that's to speak or to blink or to, you know, move an arm or something. And what happens when you have epilepsy is that those there can be a sudden burst of that electrical activity. If there's some damage there or if, if you know, there the may be reasons we don't understand why that happens, but it's a sudden burst of activity. And that means those messages in the brain get disrupted. And when they get disrupted, that's when a seizure can happen and we know that there's quite a lot of different epilepsy epileptic seizures so people can have all sorts of different types of seizures so there can be seizures where people lose consciousness and mm-hmm. fall to the floor and shake but there can be seizures where somebody loses awareness but they can still move around mm-hmm. um and there can be seizures where people get a strong sensation or a strong emotion so right. it feels quite overwhelming and so there's different kinds of seizures, and I think it's important for people to to recognise that to help understand epilepsy a little bit better. Is that
1: the tonic, one? I have, uh, like a tonic, to- yeah. tonic
2: clonic. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's not yeah. the same as the other one, or is that quite different.
2: It's one type of seizure. So um, the, the the other types of seizures, I can ne- I can give you some names. So some people might have tonic clonic seizures, or tonic seizures, or the clonic part of or or atonic seizures, and some people might have seizures that are called focal seizures.
1: Oh.
2: Or absence seizures is another one that um, type of seizure that's talked about quite a lot. Right.
3: Um, and, Mags, what would you say um, for advice for if you see somebody else having a seizure?
2: OK, yes. Yeah. So it can feel quite scary or panicky. You can feel quite panicky if you've not helped somebody when they've had a seizure before. So I think the first thing that we would say is is stay with somebody, you know, be there and be there for when they come round and there for support and reassurance. Um There's some very basic first aid things that can be useful to do. So the first thing is that if somebody has fallen to the floor and if they are shaking, try to cushion the head. You know, that's the most delicate part of our bodies. So if you've not got a pillow handy or a cushion handy, you can use a jumper or a coat. Um, So that's the first thing. And the other thing I think as well, Corinda, that we'd say is don't move somebody or don't try oh. and move somebody unless they were in real danger. You would move objects around somebody so that they didn't hurt themselves, but don't move them and don't put anything in the mouths. Like you say, until maybe they're coming out of that seizure. And that's when you would put somebody into the recovery position oh. or onto their side.
1: Mm. So how long
2: so, people can be different. So, usually a seizure would last for no more than about two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Some people can have long seizures mm-hmm. and that can be usual for them. But the other bit of first aid information is that if a tonic clonic seizure where you fall unconscious and you shake, mm-hmm. if that lasts for longer than five minutes, the advice is to ring an ambulance.
1: Oh for me, I just don't remember when I'm having one. When I'm having one, I'm like a blood.
2: And I just don't really know what it is And I think that's one of the reasons we say if if somebody's with you, you know, when you do start to come round, you can feel quite confused and yeah. not know what's happened. You know, yeah. your memory is affected by that seizure. So being the person with somebody also, yeah,
1: yeah, also I need, I need to That I have a or Or anything like that mm.
2: And sensitive Support, somebody who's yeah. going to help You and be calm and quite You know, gentle um, mm. Helping you to come round And I think it can take Quite a while as well, can't it To yeah. To come round You know mm.
1: Mm. So what treatment can bought yeah for
2: epilepsy? So what treatment can people get for epilepsy? Okay, so the tre- the, the main treatment that pe- most people will know about are epilepsy medicines. So um, just to name some, um, Epilim, um, Sodium Valparate, that's mm-hmm. um, the generic name for Epilim, um, Levateracetam. There's quite a few different medicines and that's mm-hmm what people will usually have for epilepsy. Some people might need two or three different medicines, depending on their epilepsy. So that's one kind of treatment and the most familiar one. Um, Some people might have a little vagus nerve stimulator, which is like a little um, pacemaker that you have a little operation that's put into your chest. And then that has a a little wire that attaches to your vagus nerve right. and some people... The aim of that is to try and interrupt the seizure activity to make seizures less severe or to happen less often I and think
1: people would like an
2: injection well An injection? Yeah. Okay, right, I'm not familiar with injections for epilepsy medicines Usually most people take them by their mouth some people might need a rescue medicine and if you were in hospital or if it was the paramedics they might give that by an injection is was that what you were thinking of yeah it would usually be a doctor a paramedic who would do that
1: right
2: and some people can have surgery so you know there's, there's a few different treatments we're a long way to go there needs to be a lot more research into good treatments
1: right and my other question how can we support people with epilepsy
2: yeah so
3: that's uh, how can we support people with epilepsy
2: okay so thanks corinda so help us get the message out there and um, we've got fundraising packs and we've got fundraising ideas on the website but i think knowing some basic first aid that's always really helpful. Um, we always say, you know, start the conversation with that person. Ask them what will help you. You know, what 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 do we need to know to help you? Um, so I think start that conversation with somebody and find out more about epilepsy. And that can help break down stigma and, and help people understand better. And then I think the other thing is, if you know somebody with epilepsy and you think they're struggling, talk to them and let them know that there is support out there for them. There's people like us, there's, you know, epilepsy organisations. So get support, link up with others. So, thanks
1: for listening. This is Johnny's way. I'm Linda and we're we'll thank you to Matt for joining us.
2: Thank
1: you very much for having me. And we will see you next time.
0: Thank you, Corinda and Max for the interesting discussion. Now, as Max said, start from the conversation with the person. So let's hear from Nick. Nick has had epilepsy since he's was born and well let, let him tell his story.
4: I, mean, I had it since birth more or less. So I grew up with it. I, mean, I did have good help. I had the pressure as a teenager and I eventually got the right help when I was about nineteen and that turned it around, but yeah, you've not grown up the usual way. I grew up expect accepting I was disabled. I've never learned to drive. Then I had it cured when I was twenty-six for an operation. Like they found i have got a scar on my brain and they removed a bit of it. And then it started happening again and... Like, when it was cured, it was then just hard to get on with life without it. I sometimes thinking if I had the right helps therapy-wise, I could, or I, if I found the right things, I would find a way to, yeah, just... There's different types of seizures. Some people have seizures that aren't epilepsy, but... I'm going to speak to myself. It's it's different, with everybody's got it. I mean, I've temporal lobe epilepsy, so that's it varies with me. It might be you might have none for six months, and then two in a week. In my case, I don't normally have them when I'm if I go out for an evening with people, I don't have it because you're busy or when you doing the job, it's normally when you're sat at home bored. But that's just me. So this recent one was the first one for six months. So. I had forgot to take my pills for two days, so I'm hoping that's the reason. Well, if I had one, I'd normally get a few seconds warning, enough to have time to tell somebody, but if I had one now, you'd have to call an ambulance and yeah, do the usual. And don't stop the seizure from happening. Support their head maybe, so they're not banging their head against something, and then put them in a recovery position. It's a fighting feeling. And sometimes it's scary when you wake up in hospital and you don't know where you are for a while and then you get depressed afterwards for no reason and like sometimes I get indecisive over little things about which cup to use for the cup of coffee and, look just... and you, don't the, you don't have the strength for at least a week to go outside and you need someone to do the shopping and your imagination goes up so that can be very scary. It's the getting on with life in between that afterwards is difficult. As soon as you, when you're in hospital for a couple of days, you just got to sit there and do what you're told. It's, it's the, when you're trying to cope after a seizure, get your confidence back, and you don't know what to do about getting jobs, it's you don't know where you fit in. In my case, sometimes I've done jobs, and then I've had a seizure, and they've chucked me out. Just they don't want you because of the epilepsy. That's happened in the past, so it knocks your confidence, but then you don't think you should ever bother? Just do voluntary work instead, so... But then, often in jobs, I have a seizure in the first few days, but then never again. Because the first day is always the most stressful in the job, so it's the patience, it's the most frustrating. I have a sense of humour about it, I suppose. I mean, I'm now seeing doctors who are quite positive, so I'm hoping to be positive. They're a bit more like, yes, let's do something. He said in the first appointment, well, he said I'm not going to make how much it But they do seem to have that kind of just approach like, right, we'll do something, we'll try and do something.
0: Thanks Nick for talking to us and we wish you all the best with your new treatment. The Epilepsy Society has been around since the 19th century and are still doing important work for those who have Epilepsy. They state that they want Epilepsy to become irrelevant partly through eradicating it through science and also by changing our understanding and making life easier for those who have it. Nathan from Epilepsy Society joined us on the broadcast to talk about it and David wanted to talk to him because he once saw someone at college, having a seizure.
5: Um, I remember I was um twenty years old, like nineteen or twenty years old. Um, I was um having lunch in college um, with this group of people, and I noticed this um one person suddenly um they just started shaking all of a sudden. I really don't know what caused them to react the way they did. You know, there were no blinking lights, as I knew of. But, yeah, they just started um, shaking and then just sort of fell down. And, um, yeah, I was just panicking. And, you know, everyone else was just trying to sort out what had happened. And I was just sort of stood in the middle Um, But that person's friend, um, they just sort of got them to the surgical area of the college and then um, eventually just walked them home. And that's how I found out they had epilepsy. And I just sort of casually worked out um, what it was supposed to be and how it was caused. I'm David Lance and
3: I'm interviewing Nathan Draper. I'm the policy and public affairs manager. And um, here at the Epilepsy Society, we have a number of different campaigns that we run um to raise awareness about epilepsy. and And I work on a number of those campaigns. So we do um, kind of access to transport. We talk about online safety, medications and medicine mm-hmm. safety, So a wide variety of different campaigns.
5: Okay, then. Um, So the Epilepsy Society has a history going back to 1892. Can you tell us about those beginnings and um, what's changed since then?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you said, we are 130 years old, or 131 now, I guess, um, founded in 1892. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're based in Buckinghamshire. We have a, a rather large site here which has a research centre. We also have care homes for people with epilepsy and then we have office staff here as well. Um, It it initially started uh, 130 years ago uh, as a gift, really, from a a philanthropist um, to people with epilepsy. Uh, And initially it was used um, as land for people to work and to use that land for uh, recreation and also for kind of physical work Um, but obviously that's a very old fashioned way of of doing things. Um, and, and for many, many years now, it's been people's home. It's been a research center. As I say, we also have patients visiting, so wide variety of different uses really.
5: Okay. Um, aside from supporting people with epilepsy research centers and science, what are some of the scientific breakthroughs that you've been making over the years?
3: Uh, well, we we do have some of the world's leading scientists here. Um, in fact, our research centre was voted the world's leading epilepsy research centre for ten years um, over the last decade. So that's been an absolute thrill. Um, in terms of developments, we always have um, our, our scientists and research fellows working on um, new ways of trying to treat epilepsy, um, trying to find out causes of epilepsy and and how. Uh, as a result people can have the perfect treatment for them one project that we're looking at uh, more broadly is um, personalized care so obviously everybody with epilepsy is different their genes are different the causes of epilepsy may be different so we do feel the future of epilepsy is going to lie in having very personalized care so that everybody can have treatment that is relevant for them specifically and that's a very exciting thing we're working on
5: Okay then. So you state on your website that your goal is to make epilepsy irrelevant. What do you mean by
3: that? Well, just that people will be able to lead the fullest life they possibly can and that epilepsy will in in no way take over their life. So we obviously know people with epilepsy um, may not be able to drive if they have uncontrolled epilepsy, for example. It may be difficult for them to access employment. Um, or in some cases their social life may be affected. So we want to make sure that none of that is the case, that people are able to find fulfilling lives and that epilepsy becomes very much um, a a, a very minor issue in their lives. So we typically talk about advocacy, research and care as the three things that we do, and that tends to be our our slogan. But we do feel that in many cases people want it to become totally irrelevant and totally unimportant in their lives but we're nowhere near that at the moment we fully appreciate that for many many people it's a a huge um concern in terms of not just seizures but as we say the side effects and the knock-on effects lack of Mm -hmm. access to employment um inability to drive so we're totally aware of that
5: okay um are there any um any other projects or campaigns you would like to highlight
3: Yeah, I think we've had a really positive year this year in terms of online safety. Mm -hmm. So, as you may know, uh, very sadly, people with epilepsy can get trolled online. People might send them flashing images trying to provoke a seizure, particularly if they have photosensitive epilepsy. So we've had our Law campaign, which has been to outlaw that behaviour. Sadly, because the internet is so new and still very much the Wild West, There were no real rules and regulations that stopped that behaviour. So our Zaxal campaign has been fighting to make sure that that is illegal. Um, And that's been great. We've actually got a new law in the online safety bill, which deals with these issues. Um, And so that is set to become law in the spring. So that's fantastic. People who send abusive messages to someone with epilepsy um, could be fined, or they could even go to jail if they're deliberately trolling someone. So that comes from uh, a young man called Zach Eagling, who is um, 11. uh, And when we started the campaign, he was eight years old and he had been attacked online um, when he was actually raising money for us. He was doing a charity walk um, to try and raise money. And trolls sent him flashing images, GIFs with very powerful strobing lights via Twitter to try and cause him to have a seizure. Um, So he became the figurehead of the campaign. Um, and a fantastic young campaigner Uh, and so yes the law is named after him so we're very very proud of him.
5: right what is the current situation for people with epilepsy and what do you think the future holds for them?
3: Well I think one important ongoing campaign is to continue to raise awareness we do find that often when we ask people with epilepsy what's your greatest concern it's the stigma around epilepsy it's the fact that people don't understand it Um, friends family employers sometimes even doctors don't fully understand it so we want to try and break down those barriers um Mm -hmm. as i mentioned i think personal care so trying to make sure that every treatment is relevant for that specific individual i think that's very very important fighting for safer drugs we know that for example during pregnancy for women there can be side effects and that can cause harm to their babies when they take epilepsy drugs during pregnancy so we want to campaign for safer drugs Mm-hmm. So a wide variety of things. But I think really the ultimate goal is, as we say, to make sure that people can live as full a life as possible um, with their epilepsy.
5: Can you actually get um, seizures with your eyes closed, Um, specifically in just like sort of sunny days where you're probably a passenger in a vehicle and you sort of have your eyes closed as it's going through light and shadowy or area, shady areas? and. Mm-hmm. You know when you have your eyes closed you get this whole sense of um you know red flashes and then dark and etc does that feel like um a sort of
3: seizure trigger or it can be people do say that from from kind of sunlight through through leaves for example um on branches and, and, and trees for example um so, so seizures can be triggered by a wide variety of different things they can be triggered by um, stress by lack of sleep, flashing images as we mentioned, alcohol in some cases and indeed a lot of people can have them when they're asleep as well so certainly with their eyes closed absolutely because people have seizures asleep so it's a wide variety of, of, of different triggers really. We find that for each individual that uh, their seizures can be very very specific to them as well.
5: Okay is there anything else you'd like to mention?
3: Not really, other than just to say that we're always um, wanting to hear from people with epilepsy, people who can share their stories. That's a big part of what we do as well. So certainly if any of your listeners have epilepsy and want to share their stories with us, uh, give us advice, give us recommendations of how they want to be supported, we're always very keen to listen and to to hear personal stories as well. Okay.
5: Okay. Um, I- Speaking of like experience, whilst I don't have epilepsy per se, I have experienced um, somebody who's um, had a seizure and it Mm -hmm. was a while back um, in college and, you know, it was quite scary. It just sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know what triggered it because there weren't any flashing lights around and it was in the daytime Mm -hmm. and...
3: Mm -hmm. It can be scary to see, can't it? It can be uh, an uncomfortable experience for the person with epilepsy and somebody watching as well. Mm -hmm. So we have something called Calm, Cushion and Call, so the three Cs. And that's really our advice if you see someone having a seizure. So calm, you stay calm. Cushion, you you cushion their head so that it's raised up, particularly if they're on the floor, and then call. So you call um, an ambulance for help as well. So we call that Calm Cushion Call. Uh, that, that's really our, our our main advice. We hope it's easy to remember, but really important. It can be life-saving as well.
5: OK, so thank you, Nathan Draper, for coming on to the podcast.
3: Thank you, David. Thank you. Well, there you have it.
0: Calm Cushion Call. Cool. That's what you do if you see someone having a seizure. Stay calm, put a cushion underneath their head to keep them comfortable and call for help. Calm Cushion, call. Cool. And now you know. Okay, before wrapping up for today, it's time for one of our regular A lot of us have challenges in our lives. It's those friends, family and members of our community who sometimes make a difference. That's why we like to say thank you. It's time for above and beyond.
6: Hello, I've got Sarah with me today. Hello Sarah. Hello. So who is the person who's gone above and beyond for you? The bus driver. Bus driver. What did the bus driver do? Help me up, sat me in a chair. He put you in a chair? Yeah. Because what happened before? Fell over. You fell over. And so the the bus driver helped you out and looked after you. Yes. Didn't he? Yeah. And made sure you were all right. Yes. That's really good, isn't it? And how did this make you feel? Safe, because I sat on a chair in the bus. That's good. And he made sure... I was safe. You were safe. And I was the first one on the bus. You were the first one on the bus? Yeah. So do, do you think they did a really nice thing? Yeah. Yeah,
0: okay, thank you. Thank you, bus driver. It really makes a difference. Now, to play us out, let's check out what's been going on at Choices Waves, our inner house radio station. Take it away, guys.
2: Oh, wow! Oh, wow, that's amazing. Choices Waves.
1: the digital voice of Sorry Choices. Hello,
3: everybody.
4: My name is Martin, and today... Testing. Are we recording?
5: Ah, uh, go on. I don't mind. Come on,
2: then. And the first song is... What's the first song? Okay, this next song is
6: a really song. Bring me back to life
0: by My Essence.
3: Next up is driving my car by madness.
0: Everyone's better than the Beatles. It, the Beatles is the most controversial band in the, in, in the whole of the UK. Oh, oh my good,
4: oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, yeah. It <laughs> was
5: good, that was I like that one. I
0: like that one. you. Thank- for listening to Surry Voices. Do you want to get in touch or be involved just email choiceswaves at sorrychoices.com Thanks this month to our interviewers Corinda and David and our guest Mags, Nick and Nathan thanks also Helen and Diego for helping recording. I've been your host Matthew Swinburne and until next time guys,
1: take care. Bye!